what did happen? I lost my job. Um, I was working at racetrack and I lost my job and I was like, I was still cooking and catering, but I was like, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm not gonna going to keep going on somebody's job and wasting time and it never fails. I'm working. Hey, you cooking today? Are you open today? No, nope, I'm at work. No, nope, I just got tired of saying no, I'm at work. So do you believe that you felt basically working in that jo- working at the job was slowing your process down? Yes, working at the job was slowing my process down. Sir, um, today we have our guest, our friend in the room, Daniel Edge, Mister Everything. I don't know what to, I don't want to close you out or anything in your in your truck, man. Mister, do everything good. You owe me for that, Mister. Do everything good. I got you, man. Um, so this conversation is gonna be interesting. So I wanted to, one of the main reason I wanted to bring you here. Because you're still in the process of grinding and building. And okay. I remember you starting from cooking from your home. Yes. To now developing a a, a mobile a, a mobile truck serving food. Okay. Um, so I wanted you to talk about your grind and talk about how building and hustling every day and how you to, you know, how you got here. You and your family hustling. That was something that blew my mind when I saw you, your wife, your children. Everybody hustling together. So how you got to that point and build. But I want to start from the beginning, of course. Um, born and raised in Riviera Beach? Uh, West Palm. West Palm Beach. Yeah. Okay. West Palm. Um, my mom used to work for the city. City of what? So, West Palm Beach? City of Riviera Beach. So I'm more like both of them. You know, Riviera Beach, West Palm Beach. Community. Yeah. So it's, it seemed, it's basically all one. Okay. Um, when did you end up moving to Riviera Beach or when you around this... Um, I've been here all my life, actually. Okay. So, I mean, from when I moved out with my mom, and then I moved to Riviera Beach, uh, like around two, 2014, 15. Okay. Who'd you, okay. So you were raised by both your mom and dad or just your- Nah, just my mom. Your mom. Any yep. brothers and sisters in the house? Yes, I have brothers and sisters. Um, they're much older. I have one that's under me. Um, but that was just, we were the last two. That's who ever now. Yeah. So how, how many older you have? Um, oh shoot, <laughs> I have biological sisters. I have, I want to say, three older than me and two older brothers than me biologically. Okay, and adoptively because I was adopted, I have two older sisters and. Uh, Are you deep? Yeah. So when did the adoption happen? Um, happened around 2012. So were you uh you were living with your biological family first, then you moved on to your adopted family, or no? I was. Um, it was vice versa. So I was in the system ever since I was three days old. Mm. Yeah, and I just recently. Uh, I always knew my mom, my biological mother, because, you know, we'll cross paths or whatnot. 
But I just recently, as of last year, found out my biological father. We're gonna we gonna yeah. try to unpack all that. <laughs> so grow so you were in the system at three yeah. days old. Three days old. But you still knew your mother. I still knew my mother. Was your mom dealing with sub like something? Substance abuse. Substance and, abuse. Uh, and your adoptive family, was it somebody that you guys knew or it was just somebody in the system? No, it was um somebody that was in the system. My mom now, um, you know, I thank her for this day because she basically taught me everything I know with cooking. And your your biological mother taught no, you. Uh my foster mother, which adopted me, so now she's my mother. So Understand. Yeah. I came got her in nineteen ninety five. And it's just been just been rocking ever since. So and then you said in that process you'll see your mom. Yeah. Cause I have my biological brothers there tell me who my mom was and this and that and you know. So were you the only one adopted? Yes, out of my biological family. Yep. How did that come about? Like how how you became the only one adopted? <laughs> um the home that I was in, she she wanted to make me part of her family. So I mean we went through the process. It know, was the best option for the you best at that option. time. Yeah. Instead of going from home to home, you know. She gave me a home. She gave you that stability. That yes. You... So how was it difficult? Well, how difficult was it to disconnect from your biological family to now living with your... At the time when it happened, I, I was a little kid, so I didn't know. You didn't know any difference? I didn't know any difference. So what age were you when you came on living with her? Uh, I want to say five. So what were you doing between three and five? Just going from home to home? Going, going from home to home. Do you remember any of that? Or uh, I still remember the house. I used to stay on 24th Street by the Me House. Okay. That's before I went to my house out west. The one Was it a family that you knew already? Or no. it was just going from that? So did, did you ever, was there a lot of other adopted brothers and sisters that you built a relationship with in that process? That you guys um, became close? Just one, the one that's under me. She adopted both of us. So that's how that so, relationship So that's how about. he's he's my little brother by adoption, so. Okay, but you keep all that close. Yeah. So once you so once you found out that that was your mom, how was that relationship in passing? Um honestly, I didn't understand it. So I didn't give time for the relationship to heal or be open to the relationship. Cuz it's like 3 days old, I'm still in the hospital like what was going on like but I mean, we're talking on a not occasion like in the spare of the moment, you know what I'm saying? My brothers are calling me, hey, mom says she want to talk to you. So I'm like, okay. And so she, you're still dealing with that. That's a real thing. Yeah, because she she actually passed. My biological mom actually passed. Okay. How long ago was that? Um, Last year. Uh, actually, August would be a year since she passed. So did you guys ever get a chance to have that conversation about who, what, where, how? Nope. So, and then now you see you just met your biological father. Yes, I just met my biological father. How was that? I got the number wrong. I um he I got I want to say four or five other you know, brothers. It's a lot date of us. One of man. your sister, man. Like nah, but nah, like nah. the way this is going, if you don't even know what time nah. it is, like I don't want you to date one of your like, sisters by mistake. It got crazy because you know I was in the midst. Like I got the call. That my mom had passed because she was in a nursing home. Okay. So I'm like, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I really didn't you know feel how to nothing feel. feel. I don't know how to feel nothing about it. So, and then I want to say like maybe a 
day later, I got a call from this man who was my biological father saying That's I'm a your lot father. In one week. Yeah, so I was like, oh man, like what? Like who? who? Like what is that? Yeah. So how did did you start building a relationship with him after that? Yeah, or? we're starting building a relationship now. So how? So what about? I wonder how it works even with your children. Them asking, but you treat your foster mother as the mom. Yes. So when they ask, I want to talk to grandma. They're meeting your foster mother. Yes. So do they do they really get into that or they just that's grandma? That's all they know. That's grandma. That's all. That's powerful, man. So in the but they seen they seen my biological mom before. So for them, it was the same way you treated like. Yeah, it's like as you can't spring it on them too early because it's us. When they get uh, older. You know, I sit them down and explain it to them, like, what happened in the process. Um, same thing with my uh, biological father. He's still alive to this day. So, now, you said that your bio- your adopted mother is the one that started you off with cooking. Yeah, she, honestly, she basically taught me everything I know how to be a man. Mm. So, manhood started from her. Yes. So, what's some of the things you remember of her teaching you about manhood? Um how to cut the grass, how to take, because I was one of the older ones in the house, so mm-hmm. I would have to, you know, take care, take of, the care, home. To take care of the home. Um, she taught me how to cook. Um, she basically just taught me, you know, everything. Life skills. Life skills or how to survive or whatnot, how to make a meal out of nothing. So, I mean, that foundation is strong. Now, do you think you missed out on anything, like watching your friends, watching your people around? Did, did you ever feel like you missed out on anything? No. Nah. Because the love was nah. there and the home. love was there. So I was I'm okay. I'm good to this day. So I really yeah. didn't miss out on much. But I'm cause you know the thing is, well, I guess you guys never treat it like it was your stepmom or nah. anything like that. It was just mom. She treated, me like, mom. she treated us like she treated her biological kids. How many of you guys were in the house? Um I guess it changed a few It changes for different times. So I mean, the most in the house is about six or seven. So um, what I was, what I'm wondering is, after you guys go through all that process, do you still have connection with them out of the house? Like after somebody come in the house, we said once honestly, in a while. Once in a while, I still keep connections, but as of the ones that then came through the house, I have no connection with. Them. You have no connection with them. So her teach you guys how to cook to survive. Was it still an experience in cooking, or just like put this to this to make this work and to? Um, it was more like an experience where she's in there cooking. Hey, come on in here. Get out in front of the TV. Let me show you I'm how sure to do this. Let me show you how to do when this. When I'm not in the house, yeah. you, you could. Okay. So you give her the, she's basically started the foundation on that. So how, high school, what high school did you go to? Palm Beach Lakes. So how was that experience on Palm Beach Lakes? So, and then also I'm thinking of like cousins and all those things was the cousins that you had growing up, was it from your biological or was it from your from the adop- adopted? Adoptive. So that's all you knew. That's basically all I knew. Around. I mean, process the process with going through middle elementary, middle school, and high school was actually fine. You know, I may not had the things that the other kids had, but I, you know, um, she instilled in us. It's not about the materialistic things, life skills. You know, I'm gonna give you what you need to survive and not what you want. Mm. So. So after um, high school, did you just decide to stay local? You wanted to go to school? Like, like what was that transition in high school? Um, I went to college for a semester, and I found out it wasn't for me. Mm. Um, I had plenty of jobs in between, um, but I just couldn't see myself, you know. Because if I see myself 
you know, working on nobody's job. Like it was, it wasn't for me. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So where did that come from? Where did the entrepreneur spirit and all that come from? Um, it just woke up one day and it happened. You know, I used to um cook when I moved out, so I already had the the basic necessities to survive as a man. So I used to cook and post plates on Facebook, like, this is what I'm eating tonight. This is what it is, you know, and everybody was like, oh, you should sell a place, you should sell a place. And I'm like, yeah, no, I got time. Was that when you were by yourself, were you already with your wife? I was already with my wife. She is the one that actually told me to go for it. Mm. So when she told me to go for it in 2017... So you guys meet in high school? Let's let's go back up a little. I want okay. you to go into there. Like I want to talk about that. Re- how you guys started your relationship? Because you guys, from what I see, is a bond. Yeah. You know, um, did you guys meet in high school or something? No, or? she went to a different high school than me. Uh, we actually met when I was working at Sam's Club. Okay. You know, um, they used to come. No, in, I don't uh, know what goes down at Sam's Club. <laughs> like you said it, like I just know what goes no, on no. at Sam's Club. You know, Sam's uh, Club. You know, she used to come in there, you know, shop and shop, and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, so you married when she was shopping. And I you, met her when she was shopping. And you just found a way to just... I just, you know, made oh, it my business know. to go help her. Okay. <laughs> you weren't just a helper. You just made it your business to go help yeah. her that time. So then you... It was you, plenty of times. Oh, so it was not one time. No. But she found a way to keep on going to that same yeah, stand. she found a way to do It was... How slick they are. But God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you met her... You met her working at Sam's... You know, um, you approach her, and the rest is history, clearly. Um, then you guys end up getting together. Did you guys have your first child already, or? No, we didn't have a first child until 2011, when I actually, well, we started actually dating in 2011. Mm-hmm. So it had to be. I left Sam's in 2013. By the time I left Sam's, we already had my, we already had our first child, which is my daughter. She's mm-hmm. the oldest. Okay. So then you started posting plates of what you're eating, just regular. Yep. Just, just randomly posting plates. And people like, oh, man, you should start selling plates. Or how much for this? I'm like, it's not for sale. You know, I'm just. Were you always the cook in the house? Yes. She can cook also. But you just, you had, you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. So then, excuse me. So in that process of living together, leaving Sam's, when did you start actually cooking to serve, to sell? 2017. So she, so when did she tell you to go out and do it? Is it around that time when she was like around hey. that time, like 2017 when we first when we had our first lunch sale. When I first came out, sold my first plate. We came up with a menu, and how did you get like, that information to start doing all that? Was it just people asking you for stuff, and you just people say people just asking me for stuff? So I started with the basics: uh, macaroni, baked beans, potato salad, ribs, and chicken. That's all I started with. Mac- so and you got those recipes from your, your, your she started your off. She started off making the sides, and I was on the grill. Okay, okay. So and then, like, how do you even just going about that? Did you just go to regular Sam's or regular? Yeah, we was going to Sam's. By the time I was going to Sam's, getting the inventory. So how many days a week were you guys doing this? Um, just on the weekends, just on Saturday and Sundays, because we was trying something out. And I think the first sale was actually during the week on a Tuesday. We were just like, let's just so try to see and see what happens. And ever since then, you know, we've been moving forward ever since. So once you guys, how was the first day? Like, you know, you guys cooked. 
How did you portion it? How did you did you have any idea of all those no things? No idea. We were just fixing plates. Mm. Fixing plates. So how did like break down break down that day to me? What does that day look like? Uh, the day looks like, you know, getting up at five, six in the morning, mm. um, starting to grill for lunchtime, uh, getting the size going, you know, we're getting orders in. I mean, friends and family supported. Um on from now. So you guys just took a chance. So she we just was, took a leap out on faith and just started doing it. And just started doing it. And she she bait was she the backbone of it, saying, yes. Hey, let's do it. We could do it. Yeah. And you guys went all in. So from that first lunch, what did it look like for you? Were you just right there and then want to keep on going? Or what was that process yeah. like? The process, I wanted to keep going from there because I feel like, you know, I have a gift and I gotta use it. So ever since then. It went from just on Tuesdays to weekends only. Tuesday would be the only day I would sell through the week, lunchtime. Then it would be on the weekends. And then after that, it just kept progressing. Was it the same dishes every time, though? It was the same dishes every time until I felt comfortable enough to expand. But So very few understand that process. Yeah. You... You got better at those specific, specific, whatever that word is, dishes, <laughs> and you kept that going. I kept it going. To, until you mastered it, and then you said you want to bring. I want to bring like, something Why did else. you do that, though? Because very few people understand that process. To give people a different choice or something. Because like I said, I was just serving macaroni, baked beans, and potato salad. Then I just I started to implement the collard greens. So you started with adding more size. I started adding more size. Um, I want to say this fish part didn't come until probably like a year later. So you went from the same dish, the same, same. yes, um, ribs, chicken, ribs and chicken, macaroni, baked, baked beans, beans, potato salad, potato salad, the same thing on Tuesday and in the weekend. And on the weekend, when did you start doing more days after you created more things in the menu? Yes. So you went adding how much more things to the menu? Um, I want to say I added dirty rice, give people like a rice option. Mm -hmm. um, seafood rice probably didn't come into. But what made you even pick that dirty rice option? Because I like dirty rice. And then jambalaya, you know, most people don't eat seafood. So I stuck with the dirty rice. I was either jambalaya mm -hmm. or uh, dirty rice. Mm -hmm. So I stuck with the dirty rice. So then, so you got more comfortable adding mm -hmm. more things. After you add more things to the dish, you started adding more um, days. Yes. How many days a week were you doing it now after that? Um, well, at the time, I was still working on somebody's job. Mm. So it was normally like on my days off, I would cook. And then on the weekends, because I really used to, then used to work weekends. Mm -hmm. So like every Friday, not Friday, because Friday didn't come along to maybe a month or so after. Most people... Like me, I don't cook on Fridays when I was in the house. It's everybody for themselves. Right. Every Saturday and Sunday we were going. And then, you know, I was like, one day I was like, you know what? I got tired of ribs. Let's try soul food. And that's when she came in. Because so you guys mom, weren't, I can so I guess for me being a North, raised up North, I thought that was soul food already. That wasn't soul food, mac and cheese, barbecue? Well, it's, it's barbecue well, you, food. Oh, so so. I mean, I mean, it's, 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 it's somewhat so barbecue the same. and so. There's still a difference. You're it's saying. still a, a slight difference, but more like when you add the collard greens and then you're going into like soul food type stuff. 
But okay. we started doing like turkey wings, you know, baked chicken, you know, yellow rice, white rice or whatever. And started doing desserts. I used to make banana pudding. I just don't have the time to do it now. So you and her, did she have a passion for cooking also? Or it was just on survival uh, mode? It was just on survival mode. She didn't really, she don't really have a passion for cooking. Not for the she house. Did, she had to help the family. Yeah, for the house, she'll cook for the house. Mm. Okay. So she's a specialist, really. Yeah. You, that's like a secret weapon you might need yeah. to pull out once in a while. So you so you guys started creating soul food options. Did you leave the job then or? I was still working a job probably like one or two days a week just to stay on payroll. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we talked about it. It was like, you could be open more. Like and earn more. Earn more. So let's let's talk about some details for the, someone that's want, they want to do the same idea. What type of revenue were you starting off on making? Was it $1,000 a week, $500 a week? Like, how did the transition start happening? Honestly, I really don't know because I really wasn't keeping track track of that or what I was dishing out or what I was bringing in. All I was seeing was, you know, people was happy. You know, they was enjoying the food. Um, It didn't actually take an effect until, like, maybe last year. I would start when I started... So you really were just getting, you got the high of taking care of people. Yes. Giving people a quality meal to go home to that. Mm -hmm. So that was still your high. And then, so you went from the barbecue soul to then adding more soul food. I guess your wife stepped in and created more dishes for that. Mm -hmm. And then, so you both started cooking. And then next year, so that was the hustle. That was the build-up process. So last year is when you guys really start making it into a business model, you believe? Yeah. How did that process, like, why and how did that start happening? Um, The process was long, long and hard. I said, we didn't get to where we are today overnight. I mean, we went through a lot of trials and tribulations. Um, I, what did happen? I lost my job. Um, I was working at racetrack and I lost my job. And I was like, I was still cooking and catering. But I was like, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm not going to keep going on somebody's job and wasting time. And it never fails. I'm working. Hey, you cooking today? Are you open today? No, I'm at work. No, I just got tired of saying no, I'm at work. So do you believe that you felt basically working working at the job was slowing your process down? Yes, working at the job was slowing my process down. Why didn't you and why did you after? Why didn't you convert to that? Was it the fear of... Cause I thought I needed the job to fall back on, just in case if I have a bad day in cooking, you know, I still got a job to fall back on. Or if I don't want to cook, I go to work. So you believe that the the crush for you was having a plan B? Yeah, I, I always kept a plan B, but now it's like if I don't get up and you know open that truck, bills don't get paid. So now your plan B now is your plan A. Plan B is plan A. Wow. So. When you guys decided to go full blast and leaving nine to fives, how was that process for you? It was hard at first. I mean, like I said, nothing is done overnight. It was really hard to do it. Um, But now that we got the hang of it, you know, we make it work and what's best works for our family. But I think before, I don't want you to go all over that. I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. talk about the grind, the process that you went through, you know, taking that chance, leap of faith before you even got to the truck. Because I remember you aggressively working from home. I was aggressively working from home, um, doing events in the community. Um, at first, I never 
I didn't know you had to have all this type of paperwork to do. What type of paperwork are you talking about for the ones that, that want to do this also? Um, for one, the person that really pushed me to get, well, it was two people. It's Trinette and Greg. Greg. Um, Gregory Eaton. Cupcake yeah. man. Okay, good. So, both, both good people for the, for this yeah. industry. So, um, paperwork. Paperwork. That's all these people care about is paperwork. Paperwork, it consists of your business tax receipt um, and some type of insurance. Because that gives you opportunity to start catering for a company. It starts catering as long as you have a business tax receipt. And i never forget, one day I was working at a group home, and I was trying to come up with a name for the business. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, what am I going to call it? So I was asking my coworker, it was like, Angel's Barbecue. I'm like, nah, I don't want no barbecue name. I'm like, because I just don't, I know how to cook. It's more than just anything. barbecue. So I was like, well, cooking something. And I'm like, Edge. And then she was like, what about cooking on the edge? And I'm like, I'm like, you know, they got a nice ring to it. Baby, be careful. She wants the credit for this name. Oh, nah. Like, be careful <laughs> with that one, but go ahead. So that's how the name came along, Cooking on the Edge. Edge being my last name. And it's a great name. So thank you. So that's how that came about. So after you got game from Trinette and Greg telling you, hey, look, you need to get yourself, you need to get this whole thing in order. Okay. What did you do first? Did you go into the city, just do it? Did you... What's the process for the ones that are just like you that want to do the same thing? Um, I think my first event that I ever did was Old School Reunion. Okay. Like, I didn't do the first year. I believe I did the second year. So I think That's your first, first outdoor conv- first event. Outdoor, and I started on Tabletop. Mm. So, you know, I got with some of the people. It was like, you know, you need a business tax receipt and you need insurance. You know, I had those two things. So the following year... I was at Old School Reunion, and I do it every year. So that first opportunity is what opened up your eyes. That first opportunity was at Old School. How was that first event? How was that feeling? It it felt good, but it was stressful because it's like, you know. You've never done this before. I've never done this before, and it's like you out here in front of people. You know, I I was cooking behind closed doors. So now everything is in full. Ooh, the pressure. And then the process of getting ready for an event, it's not easy. I mean, so, and, and you believe because there wasn't anyone you were able to get that information from is why your process was so difficult? Because Or did you know anybody else that actually did this before? Um, like outdoor event, setting up a booth? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I knew anybody that did it. One of my customers that used to buy food, she was like, Daniel, why you want that old school reunion? I was like, I didn't know anything about it. But even knowing the process to do it, because you said it was difficult when you first got started. It was my first event. You know, I didn't know what to expect or how much I was going to buy or did I underbuy, did I overbuy? Because um, you got to keep track of those things to see how much money. So how did you do for your first event? I did pretty good. I sold out. It's never bad, damn. It's never like bad. You made so. it seem like, I don't know, but you, <laughs> no. you, didn't, you didn't finish off letting me know. I sold out. Because a lot of the customers were my customers. So, I mean, so you were in the community. So all your customers were just there. They expected. So they already knew you were going to have good food, but you didn't know that you had the whole process of getting to that point to open up, serve, Serve. cook in front of people, the whole night. So how, were you intimidated by that whole thing? At first I was. But once I just started getting in the groove, I'm like, okay. It's your emotions. I'm I'm just What what, what did the menu look like for that first? um, I think the first year was ribs, chicken, and fish. 
So that was your protein. Did you do sides also on that? Yeah, I did sides, macaroni, baked beans, and collard greens. I'm so you say stuck to what you know. I stuck to what I owe, and I did sauce too. Pork uh, sauce and chicken sauce. So I think that's the... That was... Because I knew somebody was like, oh, make sure you bring some sauce out here. And I'm like... Did you okay. do sauce before around the... I started, I started sauce in the, um, on in your, the community, in the at the community house. Also. Mm-hmm. So, so after that first thing, that's when you started realizing, I could do this for a living. Yeah. Did you already leave racetrack and everything? Did you already leave your oh, job? racetrack was just recently. I just recently went back full time. Oh, you went back full time? Yeah. So when you went to... Um, when but you got to the... Okay. Before I got to that point, I was always in and out of jobs. Just because you thought that was your security blanket. Secu- yeah, the job was always... I kept a job to have a security blanket. You know, I was funding the business from my job paycheck. Yeah. So <sighs> once you started... um doing events, then you had, when did you decide I'm going to, I guess that's when you decide you're going to go full-time. I really wasn't full-time. I was just going with the flow. On my days mm-hmm. off, I would open up. I'd get off um, later, and my wife um, was home during the day. If she was off, she would start. How many kids you guys had around there? Um, Two. Two, okay. Yeah. So you guys take care of the kids. You guys will decide, hey, let's just do it. How did it do every time? Did you guys sell out every time? No, we have good days and we have bad days. Some some people will say, you know, we sell out every time. I'm, I sit here and tell you. But <laughs> you when I started, it, I didn't sell out every sweet. time. No, nah, it wasn't as sweet. So do you, do you think, um, like, but also what made you keep on going, though? The passion I have for cooking and then the customers. So the seeing people enjoy your food is what kept me. Is what kept, kept you going. going. Yep. So when, all right. So after that first event, what was the next step for you? Um, the next step after the old school reunion was. If, uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Was it going down to the truck, the food truck? Or? No, the food truck. I just recently, it's been a year since I had the food truck. So then what was that transition? And so you went from doing, was it more catering? Like what was next? I was, oh, after? after the event, I started catering. Did that take off pretty good? Uh, somewhat, because at, at the time, I didn't know what to charge somebody. So I was just basically going with the flow. Like I didn't wow. know you had to, you know, until, you know, I had a talk with, you know, um, Trinette. Um, hey, you got to catering, you know, because she would call and ask me for stuff. And I remember this one time she called and asked me for something. And, you know, I sent the tour and she sent it back to me. She's like, this not enough. Mm. So for another business person to tell you that, like, you need to get paid what you're worth. I mean, that was that's pretty big to me. And she knows the game. So I think that's yeah, she so knows powerful. The game, so like, I, she know. knows the game and she was able to bring value to tell you you step it up. It's not enough. It doesn't make sense. No. So, I mean, like I said, before I even knew who Trinette was, I was just like, I was just, you know, okay, go ahead. $50, $60 for this. $50, $60 for that. And I'm like, okay, you don't even know. I, I don't even know. I just know, okay, I'm getting paid $50 for this. I'm getting paid $60 for this. And you were at work for 10 hours. And yeah, then. and it's just like. So you, <clears throat> so then when did you start learning how to price out the stuff? Was it from uh, getting game from someone like Trinette? And, yes. And it was from, you know, having brief conversations with them. Like, hey, how much would I charge for this? Or, you know, I send it to one of my buddies. Like, hey, you know, what is this amount? 
you know, what is this? Hey, like, what would you do this for? You know, I just started getting, you know, them teaching me the game about, you know, what you should charge for them. So the the community helped you out with yes. learn, the the food community the helped food you community helped me get to the process where you learn how to charge yes. for the product. Mm-hmm. So um, then, how did you get to the point where you decided you're gonna go full blast and do the truck? Um, Was the momentum building from the catering and everything? No, like I said, um, I used to live on Ninth Street in Rivera, so that's where it started at on Ninth Street in Rivera. Um, it, it kept getting bigger than what it was. I didn't expect nothing of it at all. So we end up moving to Lake Park, and it got even bigger. Wow. I went from what makes my, you think it got how and what made you think you got to that point? How did you how you think you got there? Um, Word of mouth with customers. Mm-hmm. Word of mouth goes a long way. So with the repeat customers and being consistent on coming back, oh, where you get this from? Well, they'll post it. Oh, where you get that? Oh, they'll tag me. Then they'll try to, you know, get something. So that's where it came. And then once we moved to Lake Park, it just blew up there. It took off. It took off there. So the took off was basically you're creating different dishes in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, did same menu, same consistency, the same yeah. thing. Nothing. You didn't really add nothing crazy. Really didn't add nothing crazy. Do you believe the social media started helping you out with that? Yes. Social media played a big part in it because I didn't know who to you know, send it to, or I just, like I said, one day, I just threw it on Facebook, and, you know, it went from there. Oh, how much is this? How much is that? And we just, hey, we're going to do lunch one day. We're going to see how it go with lunch, and then that way, you know, once we see how that goes with lunch, then we'll talk about expanding. Mm. So lunch went good. I mean, it sold out. She was working. She got her job to order. Got a couple of jobs to order. Lunch. Had a few people stop by the house and get plates. So then that the community started learning more about the food. Yes. And it took off from there. When did you get to the point where you said, I'm going to get a truck and really take this on the road? Uh, and how difficult was that? 20, I want to say, like I said, I just had my truck a year, 2021. Okay. Actually, I got it right before. I, we got it right before our anniversary. I want to say it's coming... Twenty fourth. No, not my anniversary. The okay, actual the day. Set this up for L right My now. truck got to me. Um, they the guy delivered my trailer to me in July twenty fourth of twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. So right after the pandemic, you right went after all the pandemic, I went because you know the pandemic still going on. But. Um, the pandemic was was great for me. I mean, we stayed consistent. Home. People are home. People was hungry, and you know, I started off tabletops in the grill. Wow. Got an old propane tank donated to me from the gas company. Um, like I said, everything took a process. I sat on that grill for about a year till I decided to, you know, I get it done. And then I just, you know, started asking around, hey, you know, who did this? Or um, where you get this done from? You know, I'm ready to go because I started with a little grill from Kmart. Wow. A little charcoal grill from Kmart and Walmart. And you kept on going? I just kept on going. So, so when you got the truck, like, how was that feeling for your whole family? Man, it, it was a, it was great. Because now great. it felt like you guys are, you guys are constantly growing and getting better. Yes, and actually, when I got the truck, I didn't physically put it on the road until November. Oh, wow. So you know, I was still honestly, I was kind of scared because I never Absolutely. pulled nothing that. 
big behind me. Yeah. I'm so like, you weren't even scared about the food part. You were just scared even how to drive it. Drive the trailer, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a big trailer. Right, that's a real thing. So I mean, it was just like... So um, how did you get over that fear? Just doing it at that point? I just went, went head on and do it. I think that's something that's very consistent with you. Every time you might have the fear, you just do it and it just eventually... It just eventually started to happen. So what? So when you already knew when you got the truck, why? Why did you get the truck? Also, and when you got the truck, what did you have on that menu? Um. Well, the reason I got the truck is because I wanted to um expand. The truck is an attraction. You know, most people, you know, are buy something out of a truck versus you know you standing on the side with a grill or something. You know, the truck. And then when I got it wrapped, it's just like the colors of it attracts more people. You know, you're driving, you see a truck on the side of the road, you know, let me go stop at the truck and see what they got. You know what I'm saying? And at the time, I didn't have a location for it. So I was like, that was a process I had to go through because I had a, um, like I said, I used to take my grill and my tables to the inlet liquor store. I used to serve right there by the inlet liquor store until, you know, the pandemic happened. And Even how you got to that point, they told you to come by, you had a relationship there, like... Um, the previous, the previously owners, um, my friend works there. So he, he's the one that put me on to the previous owners that, you know, told me to come up there, you know, just try it one day. So, I mean, I did. And the owners that, the, the new owner there now, you know, we have a relationship, you know, he just said, just be consistent. So yeah, you something. decided, um, was the inlet your first location that you started? The inlet is... Before you even had the truck, you started in the inlet, you're saying? Before I even had the truck, I started at the inlet. So then, but, so then, go ahead. I had to stop because, you know, code enforcement came in. You know, you don't have a, I had the business tax receipt and I had the insurance. But as far as like you the, the mobile, Vincent, mobile yeah. vending license, you know, you got to. You have to start, start with, you have to. And then with the pandemic starting, you know, me in the midst of the prime of the pandemic is like, you know, you see these lines out there and people driving by like, wow, all these lines are right here. You know, what's going on? So it's oh, like, so you even had the lines, pandemic, uh, you already doing numbers. I was already right doing numbers. Ooh. So you decided to get the, so was the court enforcement the reason you got the truck also? No. They, they, they just wanted one. you to have that. They just wanted, you know, they just wanted me to be. License, license have all your you know, thing. have everything in a, in a row. That's a, that falls back on paperwork. So after you learn how to drive, because I guess that was your first fear is driving the thing. Yeah. So you got it there. How soon did the business start taking off in the truck? Was it soon after? Was it just part of the flow? Just part of the flow. So you not did you even catch up and realizing that the truck is doing numbers? Like you're no, growing I mean, right now. You just got your head I'm down. Still, to this day, I'm still amazed because you know I I sell out. You know, every time I'm in a truck. So very few could say that. Why do you think you sell out every time you're in the truck? Being consistent and the product. So the consistency of being there, the consistency of the product, product. all those things, what keeps you going in that location? And since then, the menu has expanded. Okay. Um, What's your process of expanding a menu? Just add new items. Before I would even add it to the menu, I would throw it on Facebook to get the reaction of the people, people to see how they would like it or not. Do you guys have people that test it out? Or yes, we have a people. Bunch of come by your house. <laughs> yeah, we have people that, that test it out that, you know, don't know the people that I serve normally or just they're not biased. So, so how open is your community now on new products, new things? And they're open for it? Do they want more new things all the time or they're... 
Um, they're pretty open. Like I said, I just be sitting at home some days and or when I'm on the track, I'm like, damn, I wonder if, you know, if this would sell. Or I wonder what this would do. And my wife was like, stop wondering and just do it. Do it on one. Boy. What's your wife's name? I'm sorry. Shantae. Shantae special, boy. Shantae don't play. She, nah, she don't. I just want to give her a shout out because it sounds like every time you move forward with something, she's the, she's, she's the she's battery the in your back. Yeah. She's the backbone behind doing it. So now you're in the truck. You're you're moving product. you constantly up enhancing the menu. What's next for Cooking with the Edge? Is it more trucks? Is it, God willing, being able to... Open up your own brick and mortar, and um, I would say I want to do both of them. I want to have a team. Okay. So I still want to keep the original trailer that I have and get another trailer, and possibly within the next five to ten years have a brick and mortar. Okay, brick and mortar is a different sport. Yes, I I see. Yeah, from, it's um, it's a whole different ball game. And like I said, I will crawl before I walk. If I got to start. I mean, I think I think you're in a position. I don't think you you actually walk before you run, you know, because I think you passed the crawling stage. Right? You're literally producing food from Wednesday to Sunday. Mm. There's no you, there's no more crawling. You passed the crawling stage, and you actually producing good food, consistent mm. food, and the product is good. So you you're past that stage. I think it's really understanding. With brick and mortar just comes with a whole different experience. It's a different label. I mean, labor, it's everything is it enhances. Yes, the potential of money might be better. It doesn't mean you're gonna make more money, you know. And then and then there's a process of building that brick and mortar to turn around because you might see a lot of the same people in your truck every week, but that doesn't mean every day. Yeah. And your overhead costs change yeah. drastically. So one thing I did see in your truck, you have the whole family working. Mm-hmm. How did you get to that process, and how why are they so comfortable with doing that? <laughs> um, as far as my kids, um, I got some very expensive kids. I, I can only imagine. So if they, you know, if they want something, they got. We, we're teaching them now. You know, if you want something, you got to get out there and work for it. You know, I didn't have that. I mean, I had it when I was coming up. But, you know, I didn't have, like, all the materialistic things coming up. So, you're like, kids are like, Daddy, I want this. Daddy, I want that. Okay, what you going to do to get it? Okay, even if it's just passing out a lemonade, like the lemonade that we make, you know, it comes from my daughter. Okay, you want you want things? You got to get in here and make your lemonade. You got to get in here and bottle up your lemonade. Wow. So, you, how does she enjoy the process? Oh, she loves it. You think she loves the hustle, just watching you guys grind out, yeah, or she loves it? Well, I mean, when she's not at doing her activities, she she's right there. She she's she does there. she done a couple of pop up events. She she enjoys it. You know, she she pays her own vendor fee. What do you mean she pays her own vendor fee? But with her cash app, you know, the money that I get from the lemonade, you know, we keep track of that, and you know, we send it to her. Or if she wants to, you know, if they want to pop up at an event somewhere, you know, you go pay your own vendor fee. Yeah, of course we help them out, but we're just nah, but teaching I think I them. love it. So you have two girls? No, I have a girl and two boys. Two boys, and they're hustling lemonade. That's their business. That's their business. And they go out there, get the vendor fee, and go out there and sell their lemonade. Yeah, they did one pop-up event where they, wow. she sold out of lemonade. Um, How do you think, what do you think that did for her, her selling out and you, that whole process? How do you think she feels about it? Um, She was excited. She had fun doing it. And she like, you know, Dad, you going to an event? 
you cooking today? So she, she wants to hustle. She wants to hustle. So now, how does, because you're saying, so she creates the lemonade, so all the lemonade sales go directly to her. Yes. That's a good feeling. I can only imagine with her being able to do that. Mm-hmm. What made you do that part, though? Uh, that was all my wife. Shantae again. Yep. Shantae. So now, why did, what's the process of that? Was it just for her to learn how to, learn how, how to hustle, how to money. sell? Yeah. And, Cause we were like, you guys need to start selling drinks. Selling drinks. And I'm like, oh, So you guys weren't selling drinks. Wasn't first. selling drinks. We were selling like so- check sodas from Dixie and all that. Yeah, but everybody don't drink. Hit different. Everybody don't drink um, sodas. Right, right. So, yeah. I, that, that, that was a big part of my business. Yeah. Um, specialty drinks. People want those. Just something unique. It's good lemonade too. I froze it. I was, it's a good, it's, it's definitely a good product. Um, so what's next for the family though? Do the family wants to keep on this? You think your daughters want to be in the business? Your kids want to be in the business you think? Or? Um, it's too early to tell right now. Um, How old your oldest daughter? She's 10. She's running that truck like she's 45. Mm-hmm. This is her truck. Like I'm from what I see, she took my order and she No, went, that's not my daughter. That's uh, uh, my worker. No, she works with No, there was a young girl. Your oh, that's daughter. my goddaughter. Oh, she yeah, God she's still okay. in high school. Okay, okay. I was like, the way she was moving, that's not no kid. That's no, no, that's she's still in high school. That's my goddaughter. So your goddaughter was working in the truck also. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, so so you don't think <laughs> sorry. So right now you don't believe they really know what they want to do. They just love the hustle. They love the grind. My kids actually love the hustle. Wow. Wow. So next thing you think you believe you would like to do is open up more trucks and brick and mortar. Is there anything else that you need help with, a resource that somebody who's watching this show could bring to you or anything? Anything you'd like to talk to the people about? Um. That's when you know you're good at for yourself. <laughs> nah. So it's okay to talk to people nah, about what I'm, you might need. I know. Um, probably the funding wise, you know, to get another. I want to have another truck, okay, a fully functional truck, so I can be in two places at once, and then be able to create opportunities for other people to generate income to for their families. Hundred percent. That's what it does. Yeah. That's, that's exactly how it happens, man. Um, I have some things coming up when it comes to the food. The mobile side of food. Um, I don't want to go back to a brick and mortar, so I'm thinking about mm-hmm. like I have a pop up coming up at the end of the month, but then I want to do some other mobile stuff. Okay, brick and mortar. That sport is a whole different ball mm-hmm. game, and I'm not in love with the kitchen. I'm not in love with. I love experiences. I love you know creating an atmosphere for the people, but I'm not in love with cooking. Like it's not you know you have a different passion that I, I don't want no smoke with. <laughs> um, I mean it's. Not, I ain't gonna say it's not hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is hard. Um, you just gotta enjoy what you're doing. I think you like the freedom of working for yourself. Yeah, you know, I think I think that's that's important. You know, um, so for me, I think I, I can't wait to see more. I can't wait to see what more looks like for you. Okay. Um, I love the fact that you and your wife are doing this together. You guys are building together. You know, it's not easy. You both mm-hmm. know it's not easy. I definitely hear you talking about how she's always been by your side yeah. and also pushing you forward to do certain things. So I think that that that's super important, man. And I can't wait to see what's more for you, man. I, I Once again, I wanted you to come and just talk about your process while you're still in the hustle. You're not, mm-hmm. you know, you're someone that's still building. 
And I wanted you to share that process with people. I think a lot of people believe things are easy. Like what you're doing is easy. It's not easy. You're still learning. You're still grinding. And my goal is to let people to understand that, man. So I'm thank you for coming by and speaking with the people. Can't wait to have another conversation when you get to the brick and mortar, when you keep on growing. I always want people to know the process, man. Let people know how they can get in contact with you. You know, please. Um, you can reach me on Facebook and or Instagram, Daniel Edge or Cooking on the Edge 3. Uh, phone number is 561-876-6307. That's where they place the order, huh? That's where they place the order. What a coincidence at. you gave that number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is there any way that they can see the, or the truck? Where's the trucks located? Uh, the truck will be located on Wednesday and Thursdays. We're at the Inlet Liquor Store from 5 to 9. On Fridays, we're on the military across from Indian Trace Apartments in the American Freight Plaza. Um, when I do breakfast, I'm at the Inlet also. So you in the other what days for breakfast? Uh, Saturdays as of right now. Unless catering comes in, then, then you can't I can't do, do breakfast. Okay. Well, man, good luck. Congratulations on all your success. Thank you. Many more and good job, man. All right, thank you. All right, my brother. Man, you have to break my hand like that, right. man. What's the problem? All right, man, good luck. Peace. All right. Good job, man.